especially the perspectives that we uh, can learn from one another. One thing that we do is uh, ask each other to pray for us, to pray with us. It can be uncomfortable. Somebody said, I don't know how to ask to pray for me, but you can pray for someone else or a situation. And we want to pray for you. We want to know what you're going through, what you're dealing with. And um, a few people that we've been praying for, you might not be aware. Tennyson Doan spent the day in the hospital yesterday. And so we just want to pray for him. Uh, my mom gave us a scare. I don't know if it was because she didn't like my wife getting the spotlight because it was her birthday. So she had to say, hey, I'm going to the hospital. Look at me. Uh, that's, that's not my mom. She did not do that. Uh, my mom actually had pain or lost feeling in one of her arms. And so with her family history, we were concerned it could have been a heart event. And then they did test uh, for a stroke as well, but there was no bleeding or blood clots shown in the CT scan. So we're very thankful, grateful, and thankful for all of you that prayed and joined us because, um, well, it's always scary when you don't know. And so we're just, we give God the glory because his people prayed and now she's here with us. So uh, you that know my mom, not to make fun of her, it's just one of those things. Even if she did have a heart event, she would still be here. So we all know that. We'd have to wheel the hospital bed in. But um, And then Stacy, she's been uh, battling some illness, and we are so glad you're here today. But we just want to continue to pray for Stacy, uh, her husband, Stuart, and son, Sam, as well as they kind of walk through whatever they're going through, but also... Uh, feel encouraged by us as a body of Christ. I mentioned before we're going to show the picture of uh, Brett and uh, Jose during the prayer time. Brett is the one that had his pancreas lacerated as he was on a scooter and hit this cable. And Jose is a gentleman I work with. He's um, well returned from the hospital, but he has to be on bed rest for the next month. And uh, they're from Venezuela. They've been working part-time at Top Notch. And so keep praying for them. And then Lori is going to be having surgery. Where is Lori? I saw her. There's Lori. She's going to have surgery uh, coming up. And so we don't have to pray just when there's an emergency, but we could be praying in preparation for what God is leading us through. And then I was reminded uh, this morning, uh, we're uh, excited to have Hazel and Carter. Hazel and Carter with us in the back. Give a little wave. But uh, they have a new sibling on the way, but... Um, Sophia went to the hospital last night, two months early. And so we want to pray for Sophia, uh, their dad, Tyler, as well as um, we just pray for health. We pray for God's will and his blessing. And I pray that we can love on Hazel and Carter while they're with us today and maybe allow Kevin and Vicky a little bit of rest as they were up uh, a lot last night. But you can hit that next slide. You can pray a variety of ways. You can email me, prayer requests. You can text me. And then we have the little box out on the welcome table that you can complete one of these cards. Nobody's going to look at it. We're going to pray over it during life group. And then those get uh, disposed of. Nobody's reading through um, what we're praying for because God knows. So that's probably the best thing about prayers. God knows, and he is here for us. Go ahead, Brandon. I forgot the clicker. So yes. Anyway, um, as we continue, we're going to pray. Won't you just stand as we pray together? And you can hit that slide. So this is Brett. He was in the hospital for uh, almost three weeks. And then the next slide, Brandon, this is a picture of 
Jose, who he is in good spirits. And um, we're taking up a special offering last week and today for uh, Brett and uh, Jose that they might be able to meet some of the uh, financial needs that they have. But let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you that you heal and you speak. We thank you for your word. We thank you for safety for those that travel. We thank you for goodness to us that don't deserve it. We thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you asking. We can cry out to you knowing that you are for us, that you have a plan, that you have a desire, that you are with us when we are lonely, when we are crying out, when we are broken. You are always there. So, Father, as the church, may we respond like you to stand in the gap, to cry out for one another, to give and serve that others might know your love, your truth, your way. So, Jesus, we thank you and give you praise. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Um, so, as we look at uh, today, um, tithes and offerings, you can give either online, there's baskets in the back. And again, we're doing that special offering for. Um, Jose and Brett, you could just indicate that on a check or a card. Let us know. Uh, go ahead. Be, so online, there's the address. And uh, go ahead, Brandon, my clicker. So baptism, we would like to get a baptism in this year. So I'm at the point where I am so excited. I'd love to do one even outside. As it gets closer to November, there's plenty of places inside we can do them as well. So don't say, oh, I missed my moment because it's not the summer. Baptism is about sharing with the church, sharing with your family, sharing with your neighbors, your co-workers. Hey, I'm a Christian. I want to go after Jesus. Now, some people think or have thought, I was a baptized as a baby or an infant or a child, and I don't really know what took place or why I did it. I just know my parents thought it was important for me, but now I would like to do it. I would like to make the decision for myself. I would suggest that it is not um, taking for granted what your parents did for you. I would suggest that it's okay to be a uh, receive believers baptism. That's what we call it. And so if anybody's at that point, we would certainly encourage you uh, to see me. We could talk about baptism and get involved that way. And as we look at uh, the service, um, everything is online. You can share and uh, we just encourage you to do that. But we're going to be looking at Acts again. And um, Yes, Acts of the Apostles. I'm trying to look at my screen. I don't have my cheater code. So go ahead, Brandon. We'll keep going. We'll keep pointing. Okay, so last week, this is when everybody's like, oh, I'm glad I came to church. We talked about circumcision. Like, that's kind of weird. And so let's hit the next slide, because what is circumcision? It was an outward uh, marking of an inward change or commitment, a covenant. It was an outward marking of an inward change. That's what the whole thing about circumcision was. It's like, I'm going to show people, let people know, make it know that I am following Jesus. Now, for me, if I was a baby and I had the choice, next slide, I would much prefer a tattoo to circumcision, but that's just what we uh, do. It was an outward marking of an inward commitment, an outward marking of an inward commitment, just like baptism. Baptism is an outward display of what Jesus is doing. Beth and Jay can give Jay a big round of applause. Jay, it's great to have you with us. Can you move those chairs in the back, please? Thank you so much. Brandon, next slide, please. So we look today, next slide where it says scripture. Um, 
at this in Acts 16.6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of this place because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching. Wait, wait, wait. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through this area because the Holy Spirit, said out loud. So they prevent, the Holy Spirit prevented them from doing something bad, prevented them from sinning, prevented them from living a hypocritical life, prevented them from, wait, what does it say? Prevented them from preaching the, wait, what? Okay, uh, next slide, Brandon. So we have to go back, like next, next. So what took place first? So next, this is where Paul went. But what happened first? We go back to Acts uh, from last week. So the church, churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. They were strengthened in their faith and they grew larger every day. And then there was a next. Why would there be a next? If the things are growing, if it's good, God's moving, we're seeing people encouraged, strengthened, receiving what God has for them. And then there's a next. Hit that slide. Sometimes we think if we have the right goal, if we have the right plan, if we have the right strategy, if God worked in this situation in this time, then we're going to take the same way that he did that, and we're going to do it right here. Maybe it was camp meeting. God moved at a camp meeting, and so we're going to do a camp meeting. Maybe it was God moved at a youth rally, so I'm going to have another youth rally. Or God moved when I was fasting and praying. So if I do the same exact thing that I did before, if I have that goal, that plan, that strategy, that work before, then God's going to work the same today. And what we find is, no, it's not happening how it used to happen, but I'm doing the same exact thing. Well, it could be because God wants something different. Brandon? So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. We would say that is good, but we find this. They traveled to a different place because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word. Why? This doesn't even make sense. If we were honest, which of course you are, that's why we come to church, so we can be honest, we can be real, we don't have to put on a fake smile, we don't have to yell at our kids to look nice in church, we could just like all be happy because we're in church now. Well, let's go to that next slide. I'm going to have to read like this. <clears throat> From the Filament Bible app, it says, the Holy Spirit had prevented them from proceeding westward into the province of Asia. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go north. Then Paul had a... Then Paul had a... Calling them to go northwest over the Aegean Sea to Macedonia. So they couldn't go north, but they could go northwest. They couldn't go west, they could go north, but they could go northwest. West? Like, it's like, okay, God, you're kind of splitting hairs. Like, can't I just go in this one direction? Can't you just use me in this one avenue? Aren't there people here that need to hear the word of God preach? Brandon? Then coming to the borders of this place, they headed north for the province of this other place. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So this is twice. The Holy Spirit did not allow them to proceed. Now Jesus did not allow them to go. Next slide. So instead, they went to this place, to the seaport of Troas. Troas, I could say that. Go ahead, Brandon. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay, but we're Christians that read the Bible. 
we believe in the Holy Spirit, but if God gave you a vision, sometimes you're like, uh, I don't know if that was really God. I don't know if he wants me to do that, or I'm just going to be doing what I know worked before. I'm just going to be doing what I've done in the past. I'm just going to be a part of what's always worked for me. And for some reason, it's not working. It's new revelation consistent with scripture and who Jesus is to have a vision of where to go because somebody is crying out for help. Brandon, verse 10. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Okay. Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word. It seems curious to me a little bit fascinating that as I've been praying for volunteers, co-laborers, Christians to help and get involved, it seemed to me that God is saying, Jeff, you have to make sure they listen to my voice instead of your urging, your pushing, your compelling, because they might respond out of, oh, well, Jeff thinks I should. So yeah, why not give it a try? Instead of waiting for that vision of God to pierce your heart, to uh, be within you that it can't hold you back. You just have to go, yes, I want to do this for Jesus. I have to. If I can't do it in church, then I'm going to do it in my house. If I can't do it in my house, I'm going to do it at work. If I can't do it at work, then give me a street to preach on. Give me a place to serve. Give me somewhere to go because there's something that God's doing in me that this place that it's always been the norm. I can't do it there. God's leading me somewhere different. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent from Second Peter. This is where it captures me, because I think God wants us to serve here, which, yes, he does. But as we pray, as you read scripture, as you listen to the Holy Spirit, as he guides you, we need to serve here. But God might say your here is here. Next slide. So we're thinking, God, this doesn't even make sense to me. Like you want me to serve here, but my here is now here, not here, but I'm here. Where am I supposed to serve? Like right here? And God says, yes. Like, God, this makes no sense. This is why people don't become Christians. This is why people say like, hey, you Christian people, you seem to have good morals, but I don't understand your theology. And it leaves us scratching our head because why couldn't they go north? Why couldn't they go west? Well, for some reason, God had a different plan for their lives. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word there because he wanted them to preach here. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. This is in Matthew 13. I will take the time to read it. Hopefully you aren't distracted, but focus on the words. Go ahead, Brandon. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. <clears throat> he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Anybody familiar with this? This is also known as the good soil, but we'll finish it. Uh, other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Verse 8. 
Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Verse 9, we don't have verse 9. We have the path, we have the stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good soil. You can hit the next slide. Go back one slide. Sometimes we don't see, next slide, people we see, go back one slide, a story. Sometimes we see the story in the Bible, but go forward one slide, God sees people. Go back one slide. Sometimes we read the Bible and we're so immersed in what it's saying. It's like, oh, we see the ground. We know a farmer. We understand good food. We see like the birds eating uh, bread when you throw it. But what God sees is, next slide, people and where they're at. And I might suggest, or perhaps it's true, that somebody that you want to become a Christian and you've poured your life into and you just serve and serve and serve and serve and serve and you're like, God, why are they not making a decision for you? God is saying, because they're not there yet. Next slide. What is this? Farmer plowing and What's on these horses? It's supposed to be a yoke. I think it's a yoke or a harness. It's a new school yoke. Before seed can be planted, what must happen to the ground? It has to be broken. It has to be ground. There are some people that Jesus wants to reach into their lives. God wants to reach in all of our lives. But some people, the Holy Spirit is still working to break the ground so they can receive the, quote, seed of what God has to grow in their life. And that is not something we can do. That does not have anything to do with how entertaining we are, how energetic we are, how loud we get, or what we do. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit to move in their life, to break that ground, to shake something up so when he plants himself in them, when they receive the goodness of God, it takes root and is fertilized and is watered and it begins to grow. Next slide. That's the Holy Spirit. I don't know what Google does. I just said images of the Holy Spirit. And there were several, but this one, I thought it was kind of cool. It's like, hey, that's like a burning bird that's not burning up. So I'm going to say, hey, that's the Holy Spirit or represents the Holy Spirit. We sometimes get into a place where we want to do the work of the Holy Spirit and God is saying, stop it. Well, Jeff, you know what they're doing is sin. Stop it. Well, Jeff, you know like how they live. That should be addressed. Stop. Do we believe the Holy Spirit is as big as we say he is? Or as big as he says he is? That he can speak and convict and work? Well, you know, they might just need to hear a different way. Oh, yeah, that's good advice. Like, God, I don't believe how you're communicating is going to work. So maybe if I communicate it differently, they're going to listen to me instead of you. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work. And as we live, those dots get connected of like, oh, Maybe there is something to this religion called Christianity that isn't a religion at all, but a relationship with Jesus and the truth of what Scripture says being revealed to others through our lives. Next slide. So we just had to get our uh, tires done. Um, you guys that are mechanically inclined, don't make fun of me too much. Um, so tires you put on a vehicle. Okay, you're all with me there? So, some tires need to be mounted in balance. You kind of with me there? Because if they are, this is where 
just don't make fun of me. Because if they aren't, you're going to be driving. It's going to be shaking or pulling one side or the other. And it's not aligned. You aren't like in a place where you can just take your hands off the steering wheel and text. Not that you should do that anyway, but if anybody ever did, make sure that your car, your tires are aligned. You want the alignment of your life to match the alignment of, go back one slide, Brandon, of the Holy Spirit. We need to align with the Holy Spirit. So when God says no, when the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching, from doing something good, something positive, something that Jesus tells us to do, and God says, no, not there, but here, we need to align ourselves to do that. Go forward two slides. We need to live along obedience in the same direction. Well, I like to live Jesus on Sunday. I like to promote God when I'm with this group. Along obedience. Along what? So they used to say at Christian school, delayed obedience is disobedience. And I'm like, eh, not necessarily, like sometimes. But uh, this is a long obedience in the same direction. Whatever God wants for us, are we willing to obey him, to align our lives, but to obey him? But Jesus, you said, preach the word, take it everywhere. When I receive the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have the power to share your name and uh, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And he says, well, you need to change that because I know hearts, I know soils, I know what is prepared. I know that my voice, that I'm speaking to individuals, and if you go there, you're going to make it worse. Even your best effort, you're going to make it worse. But if you remain in me, if you hide in who Jesus is, if you understand what the Holy Spirit does, you aren't going to make it worse, but you're going to show and reveal the truth and goodness of God. So we decided to leave from Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Go ahead. We're going to go to verse 15. We, board, we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of this place. And the next day, we landed in Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. Verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank stop. On the Sabbath, we went to synagogue. On the Sabbath, we went to church. On the Sabbath, we opened the Bible and broke bread. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank. Now, Beth is saying amen and jumping for joy inside because if she could go to church, it would be somewhere with water. When we were in Hawaii, this was several years ago now, we were uh, walking on the beach and I noticed that they were having a church service. So I stayed for the church service. These pagans, the rest of my family, they just kept walking and enjoying Hawaii and the beach and the ocean. But I stopped and then I stopped. And then after the service, they said, where are you from? I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they said, oh, here's a t-shirt that we always give pastors. And then they said, uh, our pastor is actually looking for a pastor to be mentored by him, and he's about to retire. And I said, oh, here's my card. And I haven't heard back from him. So anyway, that's where. But if we could be anywhere with water, that's where we'd be. Where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there, 14 one of them was Lydia from this other place, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God as she listened to us. The Lord, what? 
The Lord what? So was she from the west? No. Was she from the north? No. Where was she from? The northwest. You could say, well, if you go west far enough, if you go north far enough, maybe it would intercept. But it was very specific what God wanted them to do, where he wanted them to go. God had a plan for them to intersect with Lydia, to meet Lydia. It's amazing how God knows our name. He wants to meet your name. You. He sees your face. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows if you're dyeing your hair or if you don't have hair. God knows you. And he's saying, I want Christians to go to, and he says, your name. Because, in the next verse, she and her household were baptized, baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, Come and stay at my house. And she urged us until we agreed. Urged us until we agreed. Sometimes, and I love it because Paul, I can relate to Paul. Sometimes like, hey, Lydia, I'm glad you're saved. I'm glad your family got baptized. But I have more people to save. I have more places to go. I am called of God to do these things for him. And she urged and urged and urged. There's a story in the Bible about this guy that was sick and uh, Jesus was walking by and Jesus was known to heal people. And as this guy who was sick, he was uh, seeing Jesus walking by. He said, hey, Jesus. And they said, hey, be quiet. Like he's busy. He's a man of God. You, you have to settle down. Don't call attention to yourself. You're sick. So obviously you sinned or your family sinned. There's something wrong with you. And he said, Jesus, even louder. And they said, no, you need to quiet down. Know your place. This is not for you. This is a man of God. Let him do his work. But I think this man who cried out, Jesus, with everything he had, he knew that God's work was for him in his life to bring him healing, to let him know that he's redeemed, to let him know that God forgave him. And so we can be urged urged as Paul was urged to stay and get to know Lydia and her family and their background and what God had really done. Yeah, you're saved. That's awesome. But maybe they had to hear the backstory of what she had to go through of how maybe she, quote, tried religion in the past, but it never made sense, uh, how she was hurt by Christians or something happened and she was just discouraged and frustrated. Maybe they had to hear that so they could know, well, it is so good we did not preach the gospel to Asia, but God let us hear. The next slide. I think there's, no. So go back one slide. Or you could stay wherever. That's fine. We're going to have the singing. But um, I, well, I forgot it. I was going to bring a broom, a wooden broom. And what's a wooden broom made out of? So a wooden broom is made out of wood. And then I was going to bring a plant that is like a potted plant, not pot plant, but a potted plant. You guys know what I mean. Oops. Um, so a potted plant that's in soil that has roots that's growing. And I would say, which one is going to grow? And so you see the wooden broom made of wood. You see this plant that it was going to be one like had wood in it. Not you botanists would like say I'm wrong, but it would be like a wooden plant. And you, I would say, which one's going to grow? 
and you would say, well, the plant. It's like, no, no, but this uh, wooden broom, I'm going to cut off like that stuff at the bottom that you sweep with. I'm going to plant it in good soil. I'm going to put the best compost and I'm going to water it. And if it needs sun, I'm going to put it in the sun. And if it doesn't bear any fruit, then I'm going to uh, get better soil. And I'm going to put uh, better fertilizer. And then we're just going to water it and put it in the sun. We're just going to get it to a place where it can grow because it's wood. It's supposed to grow. That's why it was designed. That's the intention. I hope and pray that as church, we're never focusing all of our attention on that wooden broom. I hope we don't read the parable of the soils and see the four soils and imagine in our mind the rocks and the birds eating the seeds off the ground. I hope we see people. Something can actually grow that can benefit with that compost, with that water, that we understand that, oh, but we're doing something good. Well, maybe it's just something that makes us feel good. God wants us to invest in people. And if you need new vision, well, I think God kind of begins that in church. Music team, you could come up. God begins that in church, but it's also in daily practice of your personal devotions, of meeting with other Christians, of asking perspectives, of learning how we can walk like Jesus to know people's names. And when people say, hey, quiet down, Jesus has bigger things to do, Jesus loves it when we cry out to him. So Jesus, may we worship in spirit and in truth. May we dare to believe that what we think could be wrong and refocus on the truth of your word revealed by your spirit. Here we are. Let us worship you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Chuck. So, the lead pastor was doing some.